Please join me in the prayer for illumination found in your bulletin. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and the word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Lesson from the New Testament, James chapter 1, verses 7 through 17. Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that, he, so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness, and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and on going away immediately forget what they are like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God love to have a moment with the children. If you are here in the sanctuary and want to come and join me up here, that would be great. And if you're worshiping from home, just get a little closer to your screen. And I'm going to thank Carter for reading that text so beautifully. I heard some new things in there as he was reading. Come on down. Welcome, welcome. So glad to see all of you. So we're starting to wear our sweaters and warm clothes. It's getting colder outside, isn't it? Maybe we'll get some snow this winter. I love it when it snows. But not too much. Just a couple times is plenty for me. Come on up. Well, I am excited to find out from Pastor Will about your exciting weekend you had last weekend. Tell me, you went to, where'd you go? Yeah, I've so missed you all, but last weekend I went to Houston. Houston, you went to Houston? Oh my goodness, I've never been to Houston before. I've heard it's really cool. It's like a really big city. It's so cool. So anyway. Yeah, so I went to Houston because I have had a friend for over 20 years. And it That's was a really long time to have a friend. You know, I'm older than Will, so I've had friends even longer than he has had friends. So anyway. Yeah, so uh, my friend was getting married. Getting married? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love weddings. I've been to weddings. I went to a wedding not too long ago, and the bride's dress was so beautiful. And anyway, I'm going to end this scene. Thank you for your patience, Will. (laughs) So I want to talk for just a minute about how important it is to listen. Was I listening to my friend, Will? I wasn't. 
He would say something and then I started talking about something I wanted to talk about and he didn't get to tell me about this wonderful weekend he had with a very dear friend. So he's going to tell me that later. But he agreed to help me share this little lesson about listening. And you know, when someone doesn't listen to you, you start to feel like they don't care and maybe they don't love you. So listening is one of the most important things we can do to help people know that we care about them and that we love them. So the next time you're talking with a friend and they say something that makes you feel like you want to say something too, maybe take a minute to be still and let them finish what they're saying so you can be a good listener. I've heard someone say God gave us one mouth and two ears maybe to show us how important it is to listen, even more important sometimes than it is to talk. Let's pray together. Gracious God, what a gift it is that you are willing to listen to us when we pray. We want to listen for you too. And we want to be good listeners, to be able to listen to our friends and family and teachers and people around us, to let them say what they want to say and to let them be who they are. So help us practice being good listeners and bring friends into our lives who will be good listeners for us too. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you all for listening. And if you are three, four, and five, you can go to Children's Church with Pastor Maggie. You're five, you're the perfect age. Pastor Maggie will lead all of you all into Children's Church. And thank you for your patience, Will. I asked him this morning if he'd play along with me. Well, I did something this past week that I haven't done in a long time. I posted something on Facebook. It's been a long time since I've posted anything. Now, I go onto Facebook and sometimes onto Instagram to keep up with friends. I have friends who live in California and Boston and Germany, and it's one way that I can check in with them and see how things are going. It's a way that I learn about what's going on in your lives. Sometimes there are updates on situations happening in your lives, and that's where I I learn of those things. But I'm sort of a stealth Facebook person, you know, just go in a little bit and check on people. But I stopped posting on Facebook a few years ago when... I had posted something, I don't even remember what it was, it wasn't particularly uh, partisan or pointed in any way, but somehow the people commenting on that post got into an argument with each other, and it got angry and heated, and I thought, I'm sort of hosting this conversation, and I, I really don't feel comfortable with this. But I don't know if you've had similar experiences like that, but I see it on social media, how how quickly people get angry with each other and how quick people are to post something, to say something, to have a comment to make and how very little anyone is actually listening. I don't know anyone who said, you know, I changed my mind about that because of that guy who made one comment on Facebook. So people seem quick to anger, quick to speak, and slow to listen at times. But you know, I don't think that's anything new. 
I don't think that's something that social media has caused, although I do think it exacerbates it. I think that's kind of human nature, and it's been happening for thousands of years. We know it must have been happening in the early Christian church because the letter of James addresses just that. The letter of James, getting on toward the end of the scriptures. For those of you who might be with us for the first time, we've been reading the Bible together this year. We started in January, and now we are in the last lap. Next week and the following week, we're going to be talking about Revelation. So invite your friends. We're going to talk about Revelation. But James is getting us on toward the end of the New Testament. We don't know for sure who wrote the letter of James, but Christian tradition tells us it was James, the brother of Jesus, who was the head of the Jerusalem church. And in some ways, his letter sounds a lot like Jesus. In fact, when I was in divinity school, I had to write an essay on my New Testament exam comparing the Sermon on the Mount with the letter of James. James is interested in, in teaching the early Christians how to live out this faith, how to follow Jesus in their daily lives. And there are times when he gets to meddling a little bit. And in this section that, that Carter read for us, there are all sorts of teachings about all sorts of things, but I really felt drawn to just verses 19 and 20 this week, to his instructions to let everyone be slow to anger, slow to speak, and quick to listen. Actually, James does it in the opposite order, but this morning I want to consider those things in that order. He actually says, let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. But as we do a deep dive into these verses this morning, I want to, I want to start with, with being slow to anger. Be slow to anger, he says, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Anger. What, what do we do with our anger? What is anger? Anger is a response, an emotional, a, a bodily response, a gut response that we have to different situations in our lives. And we can't help that we feel angry. I think part of our work as, as followers of Jesus is to notice our anger and to see what's at the root of it. Jesus himself got angry, but he acted on his anger in different ways. So James is telling us to be slow to anger. Take time to notice and interpret our anger. What is it that is making us angry? There are times in my own life when I get angry, when I turn to go down a street and it's blocked because there's construction happened the other day, and I got angry. When the copier eats a piece of paper that I'm trying to make a copy of, I get angry. But if I stop and examine it, it's because I left too late and it's my fault, or because I've let things pile up and I'm easily irritated. To give me an opportunity to examine what's making me angry. Sometimes, often, I get angry about things happening in the world. I get angry at injustice. There's, there's a long, long list of the things that make me angry in our world over the course of a week. And that is coming in many ways from a place of, of what I think God wants of our world and, and how the big gap between how things are and how I believe God wants things to be. But what do we do with that 
kind of anger. As I was praying about this, I, I felt God giving me some, of, some guidance around this. That anger without prayer, anger without prayer can be reactionary. Anger without love can do great harm. Anger without hope can become bitter. And anger without joy can deplete our souls. I think we are invited as followers of Jesus to place our anger in the presence of God in our prayers and to allow God to give us wisdom, to examine our anger through the lens of God's love for us and for all people and for all creation, to look at our anger and act on our anger with a spirit of hope that God can use this feeling to inspire us to work for change in the world and always to be doing this work in a spirit of joy. The people that I know, the people that I read and study who have been in the struggle for justice and righteousness the longest have taught me you have to cultivate joy in the midst of that struggle. I think of Bishop Desmond Tutu and his long, lifelong struggle for racial justice in South Africa. He's the one of the most giggly and joyful people I've ever encountered in my life. So we can be angry, yes. But James tells us, be slow to anger. Make sure that you filter it through all of these gifts of the Spirit to allow God's wisdom to shape how we act on that anger. Be slow to anger and slow to speak, says James. I don't know about you, but I feel this pressure a lot that I've got to know what to say. I've got to be able to make a statement on whatever is happening, whether it's in a personal situation or in a public situation. I've got to have words to say, and sometimes that pressure I put on myself means that I say things that I wish I could take back. Or sometimes in those personal interactions with people the closest to us, we get upset or we end up saying things before we think and then we've done harm that we cannot take back. James spends a lot of time later in his letter talking about the dangers of the unbridled tongue, the hurt and harm that our speech can do in the world can do to relationships and do to our community. So be slow to speak, he says. But that's so hard because we speaking gives us a chance to, to put something in a box, to make meaning of it, to make sense of it, even to try and control a situation. I'm thinking about times when People have come to me to say, you know, I have a friend who's going through a terrible struggle and I just don't know what to say. Have you been in that situation where you're the one in the deep struggle and someone says something to you and it hurts, it doesn't help? I think about those friends of Job. You remember Job when Soren preached among us about the book of Job? 
Job had been through the worst kind of suffering you can imagine. And he has these three friends who come and gather around him, and for seven days they don't say a word. And it's beautiful companionship, sitting with him in his grief. And then they start talking. And that's when things take a turn. They start trying to explain to Job that you must have done something to offend God or this wouldn't have happened to you. They're trying to make meaning of what has happened. They can't bear the thought that this kind of suffering would happen to Job just randomly, just because. It's got to be because he deserves it. It's because they can't handle a different truth that they speak and speak and speak. And if you remember, God shows up in the end and says, Job, don't listen to these friends of yours. They got it all wrong. How quick we are to speak. Even the example with Will, how quick we are to impose ourselves and our own story and our own opinions on someone. And sometimes those opinions, that quickness of speech can do harm, can shut down their grief, can say things that we wish we could take back. What we say matters, says James. Be slow to anger, slow to speak, and quick to listen. That one word, listen, just exploded off the page for me this week. Listening to one another. What a deep need and deep hunger there is in our lives and in our world for people who will listen. What does it mean genuinely to listen to another human being? I think it means to make space for them to be who they are, to speak their truth, to tell their story, to share their experiences from their perspective, and not jump in to try to correct or change or influence, but just to receive them as they are. Someone has said that listening is the highest form of love, to allow someone into a safe space to be who they are. Why is that so hard for us? For us, for me? I think sometimes there's a fear that if, if these, this person says something I disagree with and I don't speak out, then they're gonna think I agree with them. But just because I'm listening to you doesn't mean I necessarily agree with you. Sometimes we feel like, well, they're asking for my help and I want to fix it. I want to tell them. But I've learned over the years that one of the most powerful instruments of healing is just simply being heard. My friends, I wonder what change we could make in our world if we committed ourselves to become listeners first. Simply to listen to the stories and experiences of others to love people in that way without trying to change them. It's a challenge, but James puts it out for all of us. Let everyone be slow to anger, slow to speak, and quick to listen. 
This is a practice that each one of us can begin or can continue today, whether we're three years old or 93 years old. If you're in a conversation with someone and you notice yourself starting to jump in, recognize that impulse and examine it. If someone comes to you in need of being heard, practice making space for them. Practice silent listening. And one of the ways we can begin and continue to practice this listening in our lives is to to listen in our prayers to spend time growing comfortable with silence, silence with God, silence with ourselves, and silence with others. So I want to invite us together to practice, just for a minute, some silent listening for the Spirit of God in our midst, to practice praying without words, and to trust that the Spirit of God is at work even if we're not talking about it. So will you join me now in one minute of silence? Let us taste the silence and continue to practice it in our lives going forward. Let us listen together. Loving God, even one minute of silence can be a challenge for us. Help us to trust that your spirit is at work in the silence, that we do not have to speak There are times when we must, and there are times when we need to listen. Give us the courage to bridle our tongues, to wait, to listen, to trust the silence. In your holy name we pray, amen.